2: Here we go,
1: here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it! This is Top Flight Time Machine, I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow pow pow
2: I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what?
1: Uh, welcome along. once again we are delving into the history box, and this is a particular uh, moment in history, very niche, but uh, slightly weird. But it's something that I've got first hand experience of mm. because it happened at the school that my daughter was attending at the time, a primary school in Sunderland uh, called St Mary's. And uh, this made the national news. And the upshot of it is that um, a jackdaw, they thought it was a crow at first, it turned out to be a jackdaw, um, began bullying the kids mm-hmm. in the playground. Um, and I think we'll begin with it there, because there is a twist. Um, so we'll just start with the, the very fact that the kids were being bullied. Bully. What I'm going to try and do, Sam... Um, she's not available at the minute, but for, if this gets to a second episode, which it might well be, I'll get my daughter in, and she can give us a first-hand but experience. She, she actually
2: saw this, what, this story unfold with her own eyes. She nights. saw
1: this unfolding. I was... Um, Privy to it because it was an ongoing saga yeah. that unfolded over days and Did weeks Did it sweep
2: the community?
1: Yes. It was yes. The sort of
2: like when that dog was on the run in my community and it bit that teacher. Um sort exactly. of similar thing where it yeah. just like becomes almost the focal point for the community and in many ways brings it together, doesn't it? Things there like was, this.
1: Yeah, there was nothing else going on. Um I'll tell you what I've just found. The, uh, an earlier story from it mm. which is kind of the first part of it origin story an, o- an origin story the Northern Echo website 29th of January 2011 this was and the um, the headline of the story is children in a flap over dive bombing crow mm. now I've just found this you haven't got this to hand but there's a great picture of uh, some of the kids there's about eight or nine of the, of the, the pupils from the skilled primary school And they are in uh, a little area towards the edge of the playground which has got trees in it. A little woodland area, you Mm. could call it. Uh, And they're all in among the woodland area and they've all got their hands held up to their foreheads and they're looking up into the sky because they are trying to identify the crow, uh, the dive-bombing crow. And the story says, pupils are having to take cover from a crow that dive-bombs them at school. The bird swoops on children as they play at St Mary's RC Primary School in Sunderland. (laughs) Parents and pupils have been tormented by the bird since early last month. The school is employing a number of techniques Mm. in an attempt to ward off the crow, including, this is something my daughter remembers as being completely ineffective, uh, including putting up pictures of birds of prey.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness! <laughs> Who fucking trimmed that? Up? It's fine. We'll just put up some fucking pictures of well, like some falcons right. and eagles.
1: Get 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 all the kids to do pictures of eagles, right? And we'll
2: put them up. And, uh, do you not
1: think we should use like photographs? No, not no, drawings paintings are
2: fine. It's cheaper. Plus, it doubles up as work for the kids. It's education. And it's educational. Isn't it? And trust me, any crow. Any normal domestic crow will shite its fucking pants at the first fucking whiff of an eagle. The first Baron, more, they can't tell the difference between a painting and real.
1: They're going to see an eagle, right? They don't know it's a painting. It's going to be very brightly coloured, so that's going to fuck their heads up. Secondly, <laughs> it's going it's to see hundreds of them. So, you know, that'll, that'll do the job straight away.
0: It'll and think this it's being team. attacked
2: by a fucking legion of killer birds. And we'll never, trust me, I will tell you right now, we will never hear from this fucking crow ever again.
1: A legion of very, very stationary, but brightly coloured killer birds. Uh, this was head teacher Sean Brown, age 55. I don't know why they had to put his age in. I thought, what, what that's relevant too, but whatever. Um, and uh, Mr. Brown, he wasn't the most dynamic head teacher. I've got to say. Um, I'm not going to be overly critical of him but um,
2: Mr Brown
1: Mr Brown yeah
2: did you ever think of that Bob Marley Marley song who is Mr Brown
1: (laughs) yeah well it wasn't this fella
2: Mr Brown is a clown who rides into town I can't remember thinking about it they're pretty ropey lyrics from old Bob Marley weren't they yeah mr brown actually, is a clown who rides in town come on mate what are you smoking at the moment you're supposed to be some <laughs> sort of fucking prophet philosopher that ain't gonna wash that's the stuff of Noel gallagher that is feels like a b-side that bob <laughs> um actually it might be quite applicable
1: to mr brown no he wasn't too bad um he wasn't great though mr brown number uh age 55 he says It is a very social bird and seems to like being around children as it has been swooping at them and sometimes landing on their
2: heads. (laughs) Fucking nonce bird by the sounds of things.
1: Nonce bird. Nonce bird. He says, the bird hasn't injured anybody, but it has unsettled some pupils. That's putting it mildly. As I remember it, there was widespread terror among the kids. (laughs) Uh, I I started dropping my daughter off uh, about 200 yards from the school gate and just sending her in. From there on our own because I didn't want to be attacked by the bird. Oh, that's nice. So I would just, yeah, I just keep me. No, I'm joking. Get out, get out
2: it. here! Yeah, yeah, go, go, run. Keep your fucking head <laughs> down. Have you seen the birds? <laughs>
1: yeah, run in a zigzag fashion, <laughs>
2: yeah. and
1: you'll probably be all right because it won't be able to track you.
2: <laughs> the thing about crows is they can't change direction very quickly in in the air. It's something about their <laughs> wing structure. This was a very you straight line it. bird. Oh fuck! It's a jackdaw. <laughs> Someone told me it were a crow. Jackdaws are superb <laughs> at changing direction.
1: That was the thing. It took uh, it took a long while before they realised it was a jackdaw. This is meant to be a school, a place of learning. Um, yeah, uh, Mister Brown added, we have sometimes kept pupils in if we have seen the bird, and on a couple of occasion, occasions shortened break times. Mm. So, on one hand. He said, this is fine. It's a friendly bird. It's landing on their heads. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. Other than, you know, claws and that, digging into the the, the soft heads of young children. Um, but then again, he was keeping them in and shortening the break times. Um, and a spokesman for the Royal Society of the Protection of Birds said, it will be protecting what it views as its territory. It's very rare for birds of this type to actually harm anyone. Mm-hmm. So they seem to be coming down on the side of the bird and suggesting that the the school belongs now to the bird and that mm. all arrangements should be made to, um, it's a bit like, bird, maybe. it's a
2: bit like that Kent Brockman <laughs> speech, isn't it? When the ants invade <laughs> in the Simpsons, <laughs> yeah. you know, may I be the first to pledge my allegiance to our new crow rulers,
1: our new overlords. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's basically what it saying. It says this, this bird owns your school now. Uh, deal with it (laughs) so uh, you're on your own
2: the thing about education schools birds and the way that all of these different elements of society interact is you know it's changeable it's moving parts and you just have to learn to go with it sometimes and in this case a bird (laughs) has taken over the school and we feel that our kids are resilient enough to process and deal with that (laughs)
1: So this went on for um, this went on for a week or two of this bird just tormenting the kids. Um, but then it took a twist because uh, I'm now looking at the second part of the story, which is best covered, it pains me to say, by the Daily Mail. Um, and this is March 2011. This is six weeks later before this, this portion of the story was covered in the mail. And the headline is, The Real Life Kez schoolboy befriends jackdaw as he walks to school, and now they're inseparable. Mm. So, here we go, part two. Parents and pupils at St Mary's Primary School in Sunderland complained of being tormented by this jackdaw when it first began appearing at the gate in early December. Oh, man, sort of been going on for a... This went on longer than I remember. So it started in early December. We're now in early March. This is three months on. We've had three months of this fucker turning up at the school. Obviously, we had a break for Christmas. I don't know where the bird went for Christmas, Mm -hmm. uh, where it spent Christmas, but obviously when the kids came back early January, it was back with a vengeance. Um, And it says here, it menaced pupils dive-bombing children whenever they ventured outside the classroom. Children were so terrified the teachers shortened play times and kept them inside to prevent further uh, attacks. Um, Extra bit of info. The council gave the school a high-tech bird scaring device to try and drive it away I don't know what that would be do you have any um, theories about a high tech bird
2: scaring device high tech bird scaring device no cannot begin to imagine what that could be
1: I would think possibly one of those machines that makes a high frequency sound that is inaudible to the human ear
2: isn't it audible Um, to teenagers but not like uh, adult humans
1: this is a primary school, or something. Okay, no I've just typed
2: around. in "shop bird deterrent uh, um, devices" yeah. on Amazon. There are loads. There is something called scare tape, which scares common birds. Mm. Uh, it, it, it's a tape that has a light and sound deterrent and protects your property. Could be that there is D bird repellent, scary eye balloons. I <laughs> might get eye some balloons. of them. Yeah, they're just fucking balloons with really like psychedelic eyes on. They're actually quite attractive.
1: They send um, them up into the sky. It says they, 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 they keep
2: away and control pigeons, woodpeckers, sparrows, crows, hawks, and more. Uh, you've got a ultrasonic bird repeller device, battery-powered portable bird deterrent, and pigeon scarer. <laughs> There's a lot. That one, the most expensive thing I can find, is forty-nine ninety-five, and that is ultrasonic. Right. You're right. It plays a sound.
1: Yeah. Well, this is Sunderland Council, so they probably mm. wouldn't have had the most expensive one. They might have gone for the eye balloons but I don't remember any um, sightings of any eye Can I just say, you know sometimes when you have a cup of tea and it is absolutely fucking perfection.
2: Yes, is that what you're having at the moment?
1: I've got one of them right now. Oh, it's
2: such a great feeling. Mm -hmm. The thing is, it's so hard to get that sweet spot. I mean, I consider myself pretty much a a tea pro, but even I, like, you just uh, never know the circumstances. The cup's got to be right. I think a lot of it, actually, the variable that's sometimes the hardest to control unless you're really lampard is how long you leave it really to brew mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. is like i must admit i take brewing tea seriously but sometimes i'm impatient about it because i make it yeah. in the pot with leaves sometimes i'm like right that's had enough time i just gotta drink, drink 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 right just get the leaves wet uh, get it down yeah or uh, sometimes you i sort of leave it to brew and then i forget about it for too long when I get it, there's a bitterness to it because it's, it's on the turn. It's yeah. on the turn yeah. to being stewed, And yeah. it's the same with bags if you make it in the cup with a bag. It's the, it's all a... I think that's the biggest thing. The most difficult thing to control is that. You know how much Ooh. milk you want. You know what yeah, tea on, you like.
1: This is so good.
2: <laughs> Fucking hell. Yeah. It's, it's a nice <laughs> it's cup. Like, Funnily enough, you've got a Simpsons like, cup.
1: I got it in America at Universal Studios. It's a big one. Yeah, it's good. Because, you know, you've got to have a big mug... If you're going to have tea, yeah, to, it's bigger than regular size. So I have got this. Are
2: you? Um, um, is it? Is it like um, nectar? Is it sending you into, into a state like, of ecstasy? Oh, honestly,
1: it's it's like sex tea, Sam. Sex tea, yeah, that's what it is.
2: Well, I'm really Jesus happy Christ. for you because I know how rare um, that exact right. All tea, any cup of tea, I'm usually a fan of.
1: A cup of tea is great. A cup of tea yeah, is a cup of wrong. tea, but sometimes it gets to new heights.
2: But I told you about uh, when I went to really the Nicholas now. brothers, those tap dancers out in Luton. <laughs> yes. And they served me a cup of tea and I'm convinced they'd never had a cup of tea before they'd never made a <laughs> cup of tea. Why would they? They were America they were of the old school American <laughs> jazz scene. That is not tea those are not tea people. Do you know what no, I mean? You
1: wouldn't expect it. Coffee. No,
2: of course not. Coffee and cocktails, that would have been their vibe. If I'd asked them to make me a martini, I'm sure it would have been perfection. But I stupidly I asked for a cup that. of tea
1: had they not lived over here for a very long time yeah
2: but they even though they they lived in this sort of bungalow in Luton and they seem to have a a pretty humble lifestyle but you know these men like that they have glamour and showbiz in their bones Andy do you know what I mean you could put them anywhere and they'd still have that kind of pizzazz and mm. I just don't think you know, like Frank Sinatra probably never had a cup of tea in his life, did he? Not like the sort, not a cup of tea like we have, like a cup of PG or something. What
1: do we do? We know that, or are you just...
2: No, I'm just saying. Suggesting. I'm saying I can't. Can you can you visualise him sat there having a cup? Oh, I'll have a cup of tea. <laughs> what? what is this shit? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> that is the most revolting fucking pond water I what? have ever tasted in my what? life. I am going to use my connections in the mob to have whoever made that for me disappeared. We got to watch this schmuck. <laughs> the limeys drink this shit every day? They end day out. Fuck me. They have it at breakfast time. They have it in the afternoon. They call it tea time. They named a time of day after it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're telling me even the goddamn motherfucking queen drinks this stuff? <laughs>
1: it's why Elvis never went
2: there. Oh, mm. <laughs> uh, the I, I trust to Stop them. over in Scotland. <laughs> Where are we? Where do we just land? Scotland. Oh, mercy. Now, don't they <laughs> drink tea in these parts? Get out of here. Get the plane back up in the sky.
1: <laughs> I I like to think of myself as an anglophile. I got every episode of Monty Python's Flying Circus on the VHS machine. But I will not drink this liquid shit
2: that those people
1: put in their throats every morning. What in
2: the hell is it? It's a bunch of dried up leaves covered in boiling water. And then they mix it with milk. I don't trust it. I declare, <laughs> I do declare, that is the devil's drink. <laughs> yeah, no, Americans, if they do drink you get those fancy sort of Americans who like to pretend to be British because they mm. think that British people are sophisticated wrongly. and yeah. uh, But they drink it like daintily probably with like a slice of fucking lemon or something, Lipton's tea. But, you know, mm. these guys, the Nicholas Brothers... actually is it Nicholas Brothers or I can't remember anyway the tap dancing brothers they they it was the worst cup of tea I've ever had I swear to god mate there was salt in it it was either salt or spunk and one and I didn't want to find out which (laughs) so I fucking chucked it away the first chance I got when their heads were turned orally salty spunk salty spunk (laughs) Uh, pardon me sorry to interrupt but this tea tastes as if it has salty spunk in it (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, we always put salty spunk in our tea. <laughs> oh, okay, because well. Because
1: it's, it's well known that uh, <laughs> semen will taste of whatever the, uh, the owner has it been eating the a few hours beforehand. <laughs> uh, that we like to we eat, eat a lot of salt.
0: We like to eat a lot of salt.
1: If we know we've got a guest coming for tea, we will eat ourselves a whole sack of salt between (laughs) us. We had salt for breakfast. (laughs) And then we will both ejaculate into the tea to add that flavor that we know you Brits love so much. We're old, but we still can ejaculate. Don't worry about that. (laughs) Oh, don't you worry.
2: Oh, mercy, we can ejaculate. Once we we build up a head of
1: steam... We are freakishly proficient
2: uh, when it comes to the old ejaculation. And we scrunch it all out into your tea because if there's one thing we know from living in Britain all these years is you, Brits sure do love a solid tea. <laughs> mm, that's and not true, but okay.
1: <laughs> also, you should never let a seed go to waste. That's a life. That's God's that's will. That's a life you're throwing away.
2: <laughs> that's against God's will. <laughs> If it ain't going to fertilize a lady, a lady's ex, it might as well at least go into a Brit's tummy tuckin'.
1: Jalapeño.
2: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing
1: for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Jalapeño. Oh, I see Top light Time Machine. I've done a, uh, an episode based in a... Uh in a primary school, that's nice. Let's have a listen to that. That might be a bit more wholesome than the usual stuff. Let's all listen to that together as a family. Oh, my God, they're doing tea spunk. That's about two
2: elderly American <laughs> tap dancers spunking in tea. <laughs> again. Not this again. When are they going to get a new idea? Oh, well.
1: <laughs> oh man. Apologies if you've just tuned in for the wholesome conduct. Uh, content, rather. The important thing is really Andy.
2: We have live. We are live here. In Andy, have won the greatest cups of tea of his life, mm. and that is a privilege for everyone here present.
1: It's just gone below peak um, temperature. Yeah, mate. Can you it's tell, tell us? Cool. You,
2: is there anything you can remember about the process? It, did you do anything differently today?
1: No, I think I'm trying to think of what what the time of brewing was. How long I. I reckon it was probably brewing for about three, three and a half minutes.
2: That's optimum, isn't it?
1: Um, yeah. And then, obviously, just boiling water, milk. And here we are. Here we are now. I'm the just cup. reveling I in mean,
2: it. I know you, I've seen you drinking from that cup a few times since you got back from the States. Um, <sighs> but maybe the cup is just warning. Because when a cup's new, it's not at its best. Mm. It needs to be worn in a bit. Like, you know, my Italian cousins, they're so into rituals, Italians. Mm. And when he gets a new coffee pot, he makes, I've told you this, he makes have, 100 yeah. pots of coffee and throws them yes. away before he actually makes before one he drinks. He
1: use it. Yeah, <laughs> I like that.
2: Dedication. Yeah. I like that a lot. Um, 100 pots, though. Yeah. I mean, he's got a pretty responsible job as well. But he says that's standard in any Italian household, they all do it. Maybe they have a maid who does it for them. A pot maid.
1: Mm. That's wonderful. Okay.
2: Um, so, this jackdaw, it can't stop attacking the kids. The kids are shitting themselves. The headmaster's got a load of fucking shit ideas about how to control situations. And then, the council. suddenly, a hero emerges.
1: Mm. A hero emerges, and it says here. Um, Hang on, yeah, cancelled bird-scaring device. Um, now, like a real-life Kez, the bird has befriended one pupil who passes it on his way to school. Amazingly, the bird started landing on 10-year-old Emmanuel Adams' shoulder as he walked to class. His feathered friend, who he has named Jack, because it's Jackdaw, has taken a shine to Emmanuel, and Emmanuel insists that the bird is not a bully. so uh, Manuel is sticking up for the bird there was a lot of hatred towards this bird I would have hated it there was hatred Mm. from uh, pupils, hatred from parents because it was distressing the kids Um, it was a major major thing education was being disrupted in a way that I've not seen um, other than Covid Mm. which was full lockdown I've never seen anything that disrupted the education of the kids, because it went on and on. Sometimes the the pipes burst or the pipes freeze, and you have to go home. Sometimes there's a flood in the playground, you have to go home. That's just over in a day. This went on for weeks and weeks.
2: Have you ever had frozen um, pipes in your in a home?
1: No, I haven't. We, uh, Not that I can remember in,
2: in some student accommodation that I lived in at university. Uh, I lived in with some mates. We left for the Christmas break. But we forgot Mm. to do that thing where you just leave the heat in on a tiny bit. That's what you're supposed to do, aren't you?
1: Yeah, keep it it flowing. I think we
2: switched it off. And Mm. when we came back, right, the pipes had frozen and then burst and flooded the whole fucking house. Oh, fuck. And it led to utter chaos. It led to the breakdown of friendships because everyone, we'd had nowhere to live. Was the blame game. The, there was a blame game to broke play. out. It was one of yeah. the most troubled periods of my entire life. Blimey. Because we, we all, we, we got back to Brighton where we were living from London and it, someone said, right, the house is fucked. The person who got there first said, right, the house is flooded. I've called the landlord. He's, he's coming round. But basically, it, we can't live there. So some of us had... Doris's, who we could go and mm. kick down with, some of us didn't, and they were almost like, "Well, you got, you got to make your Doris let me keep on her sofa." Whoa! I'm like, I, you know." So there was all politics. If not, I can't, I can't commute from London to university. That's fucking madness, yeah. right? So, and it was your fault. You were the last to leave the house, or it was your fault because of this. We all went to the pub to sort of drown our sorrows and work out what our next move was. And we got absolutely plastered. And it was all snowy and icy out in the street. And at chucking out time, they chucked us out. And words were said that could not be unsaid. And a a five-way melee broke out on the icy streets with all of us... Slipping and sliding. Slipping and sliding over. And it was on a hill. (laughs) Because in in Brighton, there's a lot of hills. so A lot of streets are sort of... There are residential streets that are built up quite a steep gradient. Yeah. And it was yeah, like yeah. fucking, it was like a, it was fucking ridiculous. It was like slapstick comedy. I'm not joking. It was like five fucking students outside the pub, swinging punches, missing, falling over, sliding down the street on their ass, getting back up, trying to get back up <laughs> the Club hill again to swing another man. <laughs> the same thing happening all over again. People kicking each other up the ass, all shouting, all accusations at each other. It was absolutely awful and um, for the next it was our final year so like you know going up the next sort of sort of three or four months the landlord had to just get in fucking uh, what you call it like geeses in with dehumidifiers and all the rest of it and dry the place out it took months and everyone was sofa surfing and everyone fell out and there were some friendships that had been going because a lot of these lads I'd known since school they still haven't recovered today from that pipe bursting.
1: I, I, I was going to say, do you think some degrees would have suffered? 100%. Uh, final,
2: 100%. And um, careers, we we, lives, yeah. Well, we were finally back. We finally got back in the house, yeah, quite near to our finals. And everyone was feeling pretty stressed. So we started, um, we started drinking and drug abusing really heavily, which at the time... I just thought, we, it's a standard '90s lads, Euro '96, mate, and all of that stuff, right? But now I fact, look back and I think, factor. oh, yeah. it's a shame. I look back and I feel sorry for for the younger me and my mates because it was like we thought it was all a laugh, but actually we were pretty stressed out and traumatized, and we were just You're medicating, we were self medicating. It's you? all fucking self medication. We were just like every night we should have been studying, but we were so stressed because you know, we've been so disrupted our ability to study and stuff by these four months of like living out of bags that we were just like drinking and taking drugs in our fucking basement living room every night. And one night my mate, I won't name him, but he was a really old mate of mine and he he was he felt that he had particularly suffered and he was doing a, a quite a demanding degree. I mean, I was doing politics, you know. I just fucking rocked up and sammed my way through it. No problem. <laughs> right. But he had one where you had to actually know things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, and not just be nifty at writing the odd essay. And uh, he lost his shit. He suddenly just... It was like he had a breakdown in front of my eyes. And he we were watching some Champions League, and he went upstairs, and he just put on techno music like anti-socially loudly but as a cry for help so yeah. I and I thought right this is it now he's over the edge because he thinks that he's fucked and his degree is fucked and he's gonna drop out or whatever so I said he was really volatile it was quite a few people so I went upstairs and I went mate what's the problem and he started raging at me saying I'm gonna fail this degree and it's all of your fault and I said, what, well, me personally? He went, no, you and everyone else now, it's all your fault. And he started ra- ra- ranting and raving at me to the extent that there was tears streaming out of his eyes and veins popping out of his temples. And um, I did a terrible thing that I have never done again since because it was a lesson learned. Do you know what I did? Mm. I mean, I was... Uh, did you hug him? I laughed. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to be serious, but he was right up in my face and he was screaming and there yeah. was tears coming out of his eyes and was a vein it was, it looked like it was going to fucking right, pop yeah. out. And he was going, you've all ruined my life, like really overblown stuff. And I was a bit out of you it. Left. And I've just gone... You're high on drugs, I've done yeah. that thing. I've yeah. gone... <laughs> 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 Lesson fucking learned. I have never yeah. done that ever again to anyone. He grabbed me by my throat like fucking Darth Vader, and sort of lifted me off the ground by Jesus. my throat, right?
1: Fucking hell!
2: Uh, it was like a man. He was he was c- so consumed by rage and frustration. Mm. It's almost like the stories you hear of when a mother has to lift a car to save her child.
1: Exactly, which we've talked about before. Right.
2: Yeah, he, he, he got superhuman strength. <laughs> he lifted me off. <laughs> <laughs> That's what laughing in someone's face <clears throat> when they're angry will do to them.
1: It's not a good thing. It's not a good reaction. Did he pass his exam?
2: No, it, he did mm. in the end, but he didn't get what mm. he, he was expecting to get first. He was very good at his subject, but he—I don't know what right. he got, but it was much less good than he thought. But then, like as he was, as I was dangling with my little, with my feet like bling, 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 off the floor, yeah, suddenly from another mate who was also of his face came into the room, saw what was happening. <laughs> and fucking launched himself through the air at the both of us, right? <laughs> and I didn't know what his agenda was, but it turned out he was <coughs> tr- trying to intervene, but sort of protect me, because he thought I was going to get strangled to death. And he yeah. flew through, and he grabbed this other mate, and they were having a roll around on the floor, and there's furniture going everywhere, and then everyone else going, it was awful. And that this was months after the fucking fight outside the pub and Ooh. then that mate said the next day i'm really sorry i've drunk too much i was off my face it was unacceptable i apologize I apologize to all of you that's never going to happen again and we said fine no problem mate we all have bad times and it, it doesn't matter and i meant it and then two nights later i was sleeping in my room when suddenly i had a massive crash <laughs> and it was the same bloke with another mate in the house And he'd run into his bedroom, dragged him out of his bed, where he was with his girlfriend, right? So the girlfriend was, like, scrabbling around to protect her modesty, right? He dragged him out of bed, and they both flew over the banisters and broke the banisters and fell all the way down the stairs. It was the same guy. And I was like, all right, this is now. Come on. Come on. Three strikes and you're out, mate. You've got a taste for it now. I know. I was like, "All right, listen. I'm all for being forgiven and your mates, and I can see you go through a bad time. But this is—you've only been calm for two days. Now you've broken the banister in the house and dragged someone out of his bed while he was trying to have it off of his bird. <laughs> Unbelievable. And if I'm honest, I've just, really that friendship never really recovered, which is a shame because actually he was a nice bloke. Yeah. who and you get older and you realise he was going through a really bad time because no one wants to behave like that." Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm he's still sort of CEO. vaguely
2: in touch with him, but not like when we were kids. Um,
1: he's, he's now the CEO of Power. Yeah. And <laughs> I will
2: tell you that all stems back from not remembering when mm. you're going away at winter to leave the heating on just a tiny just bit.
1: Just a little because bit. Because with, with the bit. energy
2: crisis that's going on, everyone's temptation right now will be turn the heating off completely. Even if you're in the house, people will be like, turn eating off completely and just wear jumpers and use blankets, right? And we're going to get towards that now as the winter comes with these prices. Mm. Don't do it. Leave it on just a tiny little bit, even if it's expensive. Just a tiny bit won't be too pricey. If not, look what happened to us at university.
1: Yeah. We might well be offering a series of spin-off podcasts about um, heat. Energy. Heating, energy, energy. Burst pipes, that kind of well, thing.
2: Well we've got a great Th- gas related um history box lined up for some time soon. We do. So we do watch indeed. this space for that.
1: That reminds us that this this indeed is a history box that we're doing now, <laughs> yeah. which seems to have become derailed yet again. Yeah. Um but I would say that turning to drugs thing as a result of that mm. burst pipe. Um you know train spotting, yeah. the opening scene, that, that iconic yeah. opening scene where um uh, you McGregor's running down the street, uh Princess Street in Edinburgh. Um, in the book, there's a scene before that mm. where um, Renton, um, Sick Boy and Tommy mm. uh, fall out over a burst pipe in the oh. flat of the show, and they all turn to drugs as a result of that.
2: Well, that's... like
1: within, within, within an hour of the pipe bursting, they're all injecting each other with heroin.
2: That's the reality the, of how... I don't want to get too deep into it. Um, I have a podcast called The Reset. If you're unaware, that's got more of this sort of stuff in it. But that's the reality yeah. of how addiction really comes about, right? People get into drinking and drugs, maybe not even to addictive levels, but just using it, just to cope with life. But it's people always think it's because, when you hear a phrase like to cope with life, you think, oh, it's because of some immense trauma like abuse or maybe something yeah. really dramatic like you've lost your job or, or you've or you had a divorce or break up, whatever. But sometimes it just is the little bruises that day-to-day life gives you and a requirement to escape from that leads you into the arms of drugs and drink because they're a quick escape. But the upshot yeah. of it is, is that you never learn to just deal with it raw. I had, a, I don't know if you saw this, but Irving Welsh came on The Reset as my guest last week and I said to him, I said, you know, in a way, everyone looked at Trainspotting and the other books about those characters as being, you know, we Euro 96, Renton, you fucking legend, with your heroine in the nightclub and all that stuff, climbing in a toilet. (laughs) But really, it's just all about mental health. And he's just like, yeah, it's all I was ever writing about was fucking men and their mental health. We didn't use that phrase back then, but it was just about our fucking men, especially working class men who don't know what to do because they haven't got jobs anymore, how they fucking cope with just the shit that goes on in their lives every day. Buzz, pipes, next thing you know, heroin.
1: Exactly that. So anyway, this is about a bird that uh, invades a school playground. We'll continue it next week. Hopefully we'll have my daughter to bring her first-hand insight into it as well. Um, But thanks for listening so far. Uh, Goodbye.
2: Bye.